0: It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. That's A N C H O R.fm. Back to the show. Do you read Stephen King? Good news there's a club for you The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights.
2: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: amazing pod people out there. I'm your host, Leo Phillips, and this is another edition of This Must Be The Gig. If you're wondering how you got here, I can't really help you. But I can tell you that every single week, we bring you a fascinating conversation from the beating heart of the live music and performance scene. And what that means is I dig into the brains and guts and hearts and insights (laughs) of musicians and festival founders. I chat to choreographers, comedians, actors. I talk to them all about the obsession that we have with performance and before we dig into this week's fantastic interview which we are very blessed to have let's check in with our constant companion here at tmbtg studios engineer adam hello hey hello How are you? how's the weekend
0: it was good well i mean so this is pretty embarrassing but you I actually sounded like
1: me when you said it was good yeah
0: i know i'm learning from the best i actually <laughs> hit my head really hard on a tree branch <laughs> yesterday
1: i mean when do you not
0: yeah i mean that's pretty true i, I hit understand. my head a lot
1: if anyone doesn't know, Adam is a healthy 6'7", so he is... It's
0: true. That's the average height of a, a professional <laughs> basketball player in America. It's true, though. It's true.
1: Are you a professional basketball
0: player? Yes. Basketball,
1: basketball player. When I'm not David in Baybaker. studio here,
0: I'm a member of the Orlando Magic. Great. Yeah, thank you.
1: What, what show did you see this weekend?
0: Oh, I almost completely forgot. Maybe yeah. I got amnesia from hitting my head so hard. <laughs> yeah. I went to see built to spill here in chicago
1: why are you posing in between your thoughts
0: because it feels more emphatic that way Uh (laughs) uh-huh so how
1: was built to spill
0: they're incredible i mean uh they played an rem cover which i did not expect it was harbor coat it was fantastic they played all of the hits from keep it like a secret like you'd expect for their anniversary tour it was a Mm -hmm. great show We also uh, got to see Wetface as one of the openers. I'd not heard Wetface before, but it was great. Also, the nickname one of (laughs) it's one of the nicknames of Pod Puppy here in the studio, Buffy.
1: Yeah, that's true. She's Wetface, the official
0: puppy of the Pod, Buffy.
1: If you'd like to see photos, just ask
0: us. Follow, we can share. Follow at Leor Phillips. Speaking <laughs> of following at Leor Phillips. Oh,
1: no, no, This is not the weekly this insistence that
0: you need to follow at TMBTGPod and at Leor Phillips on all of your social media. You need to do it right now, it's important. But you know what else would make us very happy here besides following all those places on social media? That would be going onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, so is, wherever you go. Leave us a five star rating.
1: So this is the the podcast equivalent of link in bio.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You need to go there and do this. Go it's to very the link important. in the bio,
1: and I know you press on it. I know you listen and think. I don't want to take a second to subscribe, but let me just tell you: when you do. Comically, life will get better for you it's I'm true i'm just saying i'm just putting it out there we
0: can't promise any specifics but let's say no we can't be happier your
1: job will be better your work life will be better let's look at costar app right now and it says people who want to teach you about yourself but don't want the same from you are probably scared of real intimacy there will be no pressure in your social life or yourself. And there will be no trouble in your sex and love, work, thinking and creativity and spirituality. And that's
0: just what happens if you give us a five-star rating and exactly. write a review. Yeah. Great. It, it works, works. out for everyone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: And each week we give a shout out to one of those people that has that great life by giving us a five-star review. And this week it goes to someone named Fish Guts 101. That's with Fish a with a PH. So yeah. they are probably big fans of Trey Anastasio. Uh, so Fish Guts 101 had this note. Great guests and host is a legit music fan. She seems super Ooh. cool and I like her accent. Hmm. That's Ooh. wonderful. Thank you so much for those words of support, Fish Guts. We've
1: had a lot of people comment on the accent.
0: Well, it's, uh, you know, I've got to say, not super commonly heard in America.
1: Well, it is because there's a man called Trevor Noah.
0: Well, it's getting there, yes.
1: Trevor is. Noah. I and forgot also about Charlie's Throne. But uh, thank you, Fish Guts. That's really wonderful. Let's return the attention to this week's incredible chat. It is one of the most phenomenal artists, tallest man on earth. On the show this week, it is Swedish singer-songwriter Christian Mattson. Christian has released album after heartbreaking album of material under the moniker The Tallest Man on Earth since 2006, after previously leading the band Montezumas. And in this little cozy conversation, Christian and I chat about developing a frenetic performance despite often playing acoustic guitar solo. We also chat about his punk leanings in his younger years, the unfortunate struggles of maintaining relationships in general, and also while you're faced with tour life and that constant up and downness and no routineness and the way that he's changed his uh, tour life for his incredible 2019 album i love you it's a fever dream it was an absolute joy to chat to christian because I know that he really does any interviews. Yeah, and yeah. This was I, special. This was really special, but not only because of the value that it brings from somebody not often opening up like that to horrible press, but also the fact that we got to chat so much about yes. this album yes. uh, with him as opposed to just critically. Instead of just analysis. An- exactly yeah, yeah. Analyzing it, it was a lovely conversation. I felt yeah. like
0: I learned a lot about my own heart, which is an interesting oh. concept.
1: That's so sweet. Yeah. You melt me into goo. you, do, you <laughs> do. Anyway, let us not be delayed. Listen to the album and also listen to us. This is me and Christian, tallest man on earth. Enjoy. <laughs> So how often do you visit back home then? How often do you get to go uh, back?
2: Um, like now when I when I tour mm. uh, a lot, it's not that often. But this summer I'm going to have some time off in okay. July and August, and I'm try to spend some time there. And I'm, and I'm going, next week. I'm going there for a week before okay. the next tour starts. So there's a the week here and there. I was home for I was home for Christmas and a mm. days around my life. It's it's here and there and then. But, you know, I I did not tour in 2017 or most of 18. So then I could go home more.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like that was a conscious decision not to tour? Because obviously, and we'll get into your new album and everything, but I feel yeah. like sometimes when we set out these rules, you know, and I will tour this amount of time, sometimes it's not really up to you. Um, it's up to whatever art is coming through you or your management team or your you know circumstances in your life so how how much of that was a consideration in terms of not touring?
2: In 2015 and 16 it felt there was those two years just felt like a, just one long tour and oh God okay we did a lot did a lot of shows and uh, then I had pretty much done the same thing for 10 years mm-hmm. to release something and then tour for two years. And, uh, to the, to the point of, you know, being not a wreck is to, to, um, exaggerate, mm-hmm. but just because i like, um, touring now is, it's just, um, I run around a lot on stage and yes. a physical things. So just like, I, but also m- mentally g- getting so, so tired, so like the creative part of the brain just falls asleep in the end. I can't even read a book because that the tiredness during the days that is just saving up for like mm-hmm. the adre- adrenaline hit at night. So but I want to say that. So it came to a conscious decision because I was also done with my with my record deal. So I felt I could do a little whatever. I I I felt because I I I feel that I being a, a live performer is that is what I what I am that's what I do. So like, how can I figure out how to get this more sustainable and also not become like bitter or cynical, mm-hmm. feeling that it's just like it's a it's a it's a two year promotion of right. whatever you rele- release right because that is like the the, the live show is. It, It's, you know, art and performance in itself, if I can sound that pretentious. But so I started to to, um, mess around with other things. I started to do this YouTube series that where I just uh, filmed myself playing a demo that Mm. I had written that day. Mm. And I didn't know much about uh, uh, making videos everything. I've been interested in photography for, for a long time, but I love being a beginner at things and just like nerd out and DIY. So Yeah. I I started I started doing, started doing that. I was just like uh, up all night like reading and watching tutorials and doing that and I felt I was creative again and then I follow that series up with a Video series where I also recorded the song and released it on Spotify. I'm like, hey, I should start tour on this. Mm, mm. Just even, <laughs> and I started to. I did two like of touring l- late last year, and then like, and now I want to make an album really fast in my in my apartment, like home. And um, so I did that, and then I kept on touring, the more early this year. And that now I'm I, I'm just back from a almost four week tour where the album came came smack in the middle of that so just like I'm trying to mess up the album cycle on <laughs> on, purpose, on on purpose yeah to just and also how I'm trying to to tour now is to, to tour try to keep it maximum three and a half weeks have air and have air in between and Uh, and then just keep on going like that because like I will have air this summer to, to be creative with a lot of things. And then, yeah. yeah, And, and I built this thing. I, I built, I've been really lucky to the people I have around me are, are supportive. Like uh, my management, but like my, my crew that I have on the road, I, in 2015 and 16, I toured with a band for the first time, which was lovely. Yeah, They're amazing, amazing people. But now I'm back solo on stage again, and I feel that I'm definitely even more in my element because I've done this for for eight years before that. And now we're now we're six people. Now we're six people on a tour bus, and they are, these are people that I. I truly love and everyone is so professional Mm -hmm. and people that have done this for a long time to know where to not waste energy and where to just like it's yeah it's a I I feel that I am after all this time 10 years like now it's kind of starting now I'm at my best right finally starting to to figure things out.
1: Yeah. But I always, I think it's fascinating because I always feel like there's this compulsion, uh, to travel, you know, there's this feeling, uh, there's this high that travel and touring can give you, um, I know I moved around so much in the last few years that I felt like I, my closest ally was my red suitcase. You know, it had the, yeah. it had like it, it embodied this f- a, a feeling. You know, every time I looked at it, it felt like free. And then when I finally settled, it was so hard to figure out who I was without that movement because we all work. A lot of us work in movement, you know, and a lot of us can only function by moving. Um, And I felt like so much of my life around me was informed by that movement. So do you feel like going through that entire experience... what is your relationship uh, cuz you you obviously sound very clear in terms of what you want now out of touring but do you feel like you could have gotten to this point without going through all that crazy whirlwind you know cuz obviously hindsight yeah. is something but i also think experience is a beautiful a, a beautiful telling of 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 where you're going to head in the future
2: Yeah no i i i, I probably you know i i probably wouldn't have been where I am without without doing that because I'm not that smart you know I needed to <laughs> you know, I needed to need to, to to um to fail or not, not mm-hmm. I just never I, just mm-hmm. feel, I never felt like I failed, and I don't don't I don't look I don't look back I have few like uh I, I very rarely or almost never I think once like I want to go back and change that because I am very aware that that is absolutely not possible so it's not worth to. Yeah, and in, the, in the terms of the, the traveling thing, because I, I do have that in me. To that, I, I, I need to. I, I need. I need. I need that travel. But then when it turned into this this thing where it was just travel all the time, mm-hmm. and then I started started to get into the like, oh, I'm always like I want to. I mean, I have a, I have a horse tattooed on my arm because I was homesick. Yeah, romantic Romanticizing about like the, mm. you know, this, this the stillness and just like my my little farm in in Sweden, and then I got off that two year tour, and it wasn't that it wasn't that easy
1: no it's so hard to come down to that re- to that idea cuz you build it up in your mind you are like great yes. i'm going to have support i'm going to have stability i'm going to have a foundation and then you get back and you try and make it but your body is still in motion it's it's like you've triggered this thing it's still moving
2: exactly yeah exactly and it's and really then, tough. If, then i and then i but but then i feel i, I have the luxury now where i could have i'm trying to to, to build this thing where I don't, I get air in between. So I get best best of both worlds. I get to, I get to travel for a an time. And then I get to have the, 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 the home body life. And because like you say, you keep in motion. like just, I'm, I'm in that right now because I came off the tour bus two mornings ago mm. and it always, it always feels like that. The, buzz is, the bus is the bus coming yeah. through the through the yeah, country exactly. so fast to the city, and then all of a sudden it just like makes a, a an abrupt like stop, like a, a total break in yeah. New Jersey where yeah. we load off. But and I fly out of the window, it's yeah. An and then and then like a little armadillo or something, I keep on rolling, yeah. for a while before it stops, and it still has. i still. I mean, it's, it's hard to it's hard to sleep at night because you're in of
1: course.
2: Towards, towards the end of the tour, well you're so much into that survival mode, obviously, like the shows need to be in though know, my my hands are aching, my feet are aching, and I mean, I'm in better shape than I've ever been, but still it's just nineteen shows in it's 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 far, and it takes a while but and I have to say to live in New York now most of the time and to have that uh, that coming back into the world here it's right now for me it's easier here because now i can dive out into the streets and there's there's there are moving things i live on a quiet yeah yeah but but if i end up in my kitchen in sweden you know it's beautiful it's next to the river there are mountains you know there are birds in the trees but it's just it's stock
1: yeah
2: yeah the contrast is just yeah wild yeah
1: But I also feel like, I mean, I I so appreciate you talking about this as well, because so often people don't realize how much, you know, when you want, it's this whole concept of wanting something that you obviously do not currently have. And then you will this thing into motion, uh, excuse the pun, and you will it. And then it's not what you envisioned only because your brain has shifted because when you, when you philosophizing and thinking about things, your brain's going to naturally turn. And then when the thing comes, your brain's already like, "Oh, sorry, I'm already five, you know, five miles down the road." Um, yeah. And so all those ideals become incredibly hard to get. But so when I always ask, or when I speak to people around me about what they need, you know, in order to do what they do, whether that's relationships or artists or whoever is around me. I, I always get, uh you know, people want money, they need space, they need care, they need balance. But beyond those things, how do you carve out time then, maybe now, because obviously we've re- revisited, you know, who you were in the past, but how do you carve out things during the day in order to, you know, just be, not only make things? Because I think so often artists are you know, the end goal is to make something. So you're constantly creating, whether that's in your brain or physically. Um, So how do you find the time now just to be, like in the last two days, have you been able to, because it's like a come down, right? From tour. So have you been able to come down from that and and just be within yourself?
2: Uh, Well, not yet, but also, yes. I mean, but I, I, so the scenarios, usually I come home to my apartment or my house, and I am, it's such a joy, mm. you know, because you have, I, I, I run to my kitchen and I, I go <laughs> yeah. to the grocery store, I get groceries, <laughs> start to cook, because I haven't cooked for a while, and then I, uh, you know, it's just, like, I sit in the different chairs, and, like, be in your own like shower and all that. And then I want to start to do like, I wouldn't rearrange here. I want to like clean it up. I want to move those books over there. And just like, and, and then it just kind of becomes insanity and it's, because then, and I, I can't, I can't sleep. And that takes a couple of days, but I, uh, it is creating, but it's, it is, it's creating as a, um, something that I don't, seek a career in but I, I I photograph a lot and I'm and I do film photography so I don't see the images which is like wonderful. straight away yeah. so, mm. so so it's just it's just it's the means for me to get out so I, I I get out and it's also what I do on tour I can I just go on walks and I get into this yeah, I get into the it's it's a good trick to just forget about yourself and forget about your plans on what should be good or not and it has I don't have to go in talking about it like sting or something but I through periods in my life when I've it's been it's been hard personally and going through things so, um last year I finally figured out meditation after you know, messing around with it for, I don't know, 15 years. Yeah. But something happened, something happened last year. So now, even though it's hard to find time for that on tour, and even just like right now, coming home and adrenaline is still pumping, I have this thing now, which is hard to explain, but I can kind of, I can kind of step away from my mind uh, pretty pretty easily, even though it will, the mind will come in there again and just like spin and do its circus because I'm <laughs> reminded. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If, no, but it will, that, it, that noise will always be there, but I've had this little trick Now it can just kind of step to the side and all of a sudden I'm, I am not in that. And then I can, then I can appreciate the moment fully. So that's my, that's how I'm dealing with,
1: these days mm. it's so tricky because it's almost like there's that there's that whole psychological um, process of i don't know if you've heard about a bwrt where it basically it's like brain reworking technology it takes 10 minutes with a coach or whomever a facilitator who yeah. you're working with and they basically take the charge out of things like literally like a plug because sometimes that noise isn't really noise it's actually it's it's like a hum And it's just there. And uh, things that are dormant are easy to befriend. You know, you can say hello. You can have a conversation. You can say, get out of here. But the things that are are on fire, um, and I'm not talking about anger or madness, things that are just running wild in your mind, those sometimes have such a a visceral charge that doing a reworking, which meditation helps with that, of course, um but doing a reworking takes that charge out and then whenever it enters into your mind, you can allow yourself to to greet it uh and have a bit of a more indifference uh, toward it. Sometimes when we go through massive life milestones, um they are there to just remind us of exactly who we are. They're not there to haunt. But how are you able then to almost cause you You weirdly have to separate yourself in order to talk about your life. If you were in it, you would just probably be in tears all the time. But how how have you been able to separate yourself, but also give it authority in order to talk about it and sing about it and write about it?
2: First of all, I don't talk about it that much because I don't do that many interviews. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, well, there is. And then also... It, it it is something that is it's tricky to answer because I feel that most of my most of my songs they're about pretty even though they're hard for other people to figure out what they're about but but for me they're just very common problems you mm-hmm. know? relationships not working and you know fears in the world and so the songs become more to me questions than than trying to tell something. This is how it is for me, and this is it. Just they're, they're, for me. They're for me. they means to just trying to you know try to get a grip of what's going on, you know. And then coming mm. to realize that maybe I'll never know what's what's going on, but you know, um, searching for focus. And that's where the that's why I love the 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 live show. So much because it really feels like that, and that's why I can't use in the ear monitors ah uh, because, because I need to hear the crowd I need to be in the same because that just makes me feel separate I need to be in the crowd like with the crowd and and be in that energy together because even though I have all the lights on me and I can do whatever I want and I have a way stronger voice than anyone and I can, you know, use that to my advantage. Mm. If there's a heckler and, and be like that. But I do feel that I'm, you know, I'm in this energy of uh, what I've just like, assuming a lot of people are, a lot of people are confused. That so we're like confused together, but then also having a moment where, that can feel really good, and it can actually be funny, and it could be, it could be a place to be to be emotional. And because some people, me, um, I guess, not mean, most people that I put on a persona on stage, or something that I'm just like, I'm so weird and wild <laughs> on stage that I can't stand, I can't stand still. I run around yes. and like, and and it's just, but that is that is actually where i feel the most uh expressing who you know who i how i want to
1: of course and especially when you are faced with something like a challenge of an entire stage you know you mentioned earlier that you you had a band for a while and now at you know various points you've turned solo and with the band and i feel like besides the obvious factors like logistics of bringing that many people and instruments around the, the 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 soloness of being an, on a stage on your own and moving around it, it almost feels like you fill the space because it, i've seen i've seen performances of yours and, and you're physical and animated and more more than you might expect from from an artist who makes the kind of music that you make um so yeah. when did that all st- when did that start that performance aspect when did you start considering it um to be a part of you and something that could fuel your artistry, something that felt very natural. When did the performance side of your uh creativity when did that when what was that turning point?
2: Well the turning point was when I was um oh, oh, oh I was like maybe nineteen.
1: Okay.
3: Nineteen
2: nineteen or twenty and I was in the in a band in Sweden where I built my my, my dearest friends, and we played some weird, some of like '60s garage rock. Okay,
3: and, <laughs> that and, sounds great.
2: And I didn't like we were. I played guitar in the beginning, but then we ended up with more guitar, so I didn't have to play guitar, so I and I wanted to be Iggy Pop. I wanted to be Iggy Pop, and we had <laughs> like we had these wild shows. We were we were touring in Sweden and. I was like not wearing a shirt. I was oh, wow. climbing. I was climbing in. I was climbing in the in, in the light rigs. And, yeah. And that was. Um, I think that was the turning point because even though we were pretty insane, I did well in school with grades, but I did not like it. There, there was some kind of comfort in weirdness and wow. That turned into me what I. Uh, stuff that I started to listen to then Which led to this music that I do And I was like listening to Like Skip James and John Fahey And mm. uh, And, and Billy Holiday and it, it did not sound Like it was coming from John Jacob Niles It just sounded like it was coming from space Like <laughs> it yeah. not, not like I never wanted to be like I was never interested in in like In tradition Or like some kind of or the actual genre or the, the look of it. It was just like, this actually makes sense to me because it makes so little sense. It just, but there must be something in here. And then I started to write my, my own songs, like in the beginning, basically just like copying a lot of this, taking bits and pieces. It's having fun with it. And I recorded it on these really old tube tape recorders that were, were very unreliable. I have, so many at home right now in my barn that is caught on fire
1: oh no shit
2: yeah no, oh, no. I have yeah no I have I have one of my favorites the Reeboks G36 or something mm-hmm. that has so I have three of them at home and they've all they've all burned oh really. no is that like an omen
1: yeah. <laughs> some sort no, of it's like...
2: just, just really old and not, yeah. not service and I start start to use them a lot but I so I then I could record into those. And what came back, it had like the tape, tape warble and dropouts in, in audio. And like some, sometimes the, the especially the one I used to, uh on my first EP that you recorded, but then the playback was a little too fast. So something happened with the voice. And that was to me like, wow, I can also, I can do some, I can create magic or something. It just like, it was so, and then I started to, uh, well, I just put some songs on MySpace and a friend of mine just, who helped me get it on MySpace. He just came up with a name as a bad joke and that stuck. Yeah. And then I, I was, bu- I was booked with, it was someone in Stockholm. I live three, my little town is three hours away. Like, just to come and play this club. And I was like, okay, even though I didn't have songs enough. So I just wrote some more. Just it was because that's how easy it was back then. Because like it doesn't matter. It's just like yeah,
1: there's nothing (laughs) riding on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, but then I started do that, and I was solo in front of a crowd, and the sound systems, the PA's where I played, if there even was one, was really bad. So I just had to figure out because I never, I've never been comfortable. If I feel like that, my my stand on my heels on stage I it just dies for me mm. I'm always on my toes kind of like a little little boxer or a little dancer <laughs> yeah. and when I, and because in the in the early if I had to like figure out how to how to ride the noise of the bar and get pe- get people's attention and it and I and I felt it work and maybe you know that you know my head got even bigger than it is from physical appearance so I just like this is what I'm going to do but then I kept on working I kept on working for the years I worked in in preschool and I went to university to be a preschool teacher oh wow but yeah but I had to I finally had to drop out when there was six months left because I was over here I started. I was opening up for Bonavir in two
1: thousand eight. Oh wow! And
2: okay. I, I still, didn't believe, still didn't believe. I could make money doing.
1: Yeah.
3: Just
2: like it had become too much. I was. I had transferred my. Program to, an online, version, but I still had to log into a thing and see people live on the screen for the seminars and stuff. And I was touring with Bonavir over here, and I had to get up at four in the morning. For the time difference to Sweden, and then I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Maybe, maybe, maybe the music thing will work, and it did. It did. <laughs> it yeah.
1: did. It absolutely did. I love the journey though, because the, what you describe is something I feel like a lot of people don't know about you you know there's there's so much about you out there and and any artist I suppose there's all these stories you know and and I kind of love that you don't do a lot of interviews because I do feel although it is my bread and butter it's my job um I sometimes feel they're so invasive and I always feel guilty at taking up so much time Um, although it is my job i just feel like there if i were on your side i certainly would do it the same way because so much of your journey is learning as well and so when you have somebody stopping you on that journey of learning and go okay tell me who you are right now uh, it kind of gets stuck in time and it's really it's it's interesting so when you when you started studying to be a teacher was that something you always wanted to do, or was that something that you just knew you could do very well?
2: No, because I worked, I because I have had, you know, every kind of job before that in grocery stores and a door factory, and I was a window cleaner and had all these. And then I, I started to to help out at preschool and and to be a sub teacher, but, but without without ed- education, but I just. I I really I really loved it because mm-hmm. it, it just I felt with the politics at the time and they still are like that. Even go deep into it, it's such a, it was such ne- neglected years. Like for like the Im- importance of you know a child's development and there was all this talk we're trying to raise in in Europe a race to be the best country to have the biggest the best score on like to have the highest educated kids and trying to measure that, measure that by, with the, with grades and getting into the system and me coming from like, yeah, so I was definitely coming from, from my own experience and that there's like, there's, there's more going on here. And these early years are so important, like in in Mm. informing social, social skills and feeling uh, feeling cur- like be, to be allowed to be curious about about the world and to be interested in the people around you mm-hmm. and to and to be and to, and to take care of the people around you because that's the only way, you know, I believe that we're going to survive. We have to do this together. Absolutely. And then there was this school system of just like someone has to be you know the best on on this on this scale of measure and then then you know, things will be fine and we're we're killing we're killing art programs and you know cr- creative thinking and just forgetting that you know the uh, the great inventions and inventors have had you know they they start look at it, look at it from like this really weird like this problem at this really from this weird angle that no one believed in, but that was needed. And we, we don't, so, God, this is a long story. But then no, I felt, I'm here. I feel like this is where I can, something that I feel really, it's really important. And I really, I really enjoyed, you know, and then, but then I went to, and I went to university for, it and it's just like, you know, it's the very, it's a, not a high paid, job yeah. because, yeah. because it's mostly women doing it so it's not important to, to pay women as you know yeah, yeah. sarcasm uh but so oh, I, I love that you yeah. said
1: that i totally i i my culture is sarcastic but americans are not so, I, so i'm yeah, so yeah. grateful uh, that you said yeah. that yeah. <laughs> because this yeah. is obviously yeah. on an american uh network so thank you
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 especially today when you can you can say whatever you want, you can say whatever you know, racist or sexist thing, and it just it's okay. Sorry, we're not going to go yeah. into that. But no, uh, no, there was, there was a lot. There was a lot of people around me. I don't blame them. Just like what what are you doing? Like, are you do you want to become like a principal later? Or it's like I'm like no, <laughs> no, I want to I want to go through four years of university to get you know. Seven hundred dollars more a month than I got without the education. So yeah. Anyway, that was that was my rant.
1: No, I don't feel like it's a rant at all. I feel like everything informs the next thing, and it's so interesting to hear where where you where you have have started as well. Is because being in education. I love your point about uh, how people should work together because I weirdly was listening to a a podcast this morning and they were talking about how early should we talk about philosophy and morals and ethics with our children. And they were saying, you know, I, I don't know the first time when my parents started bringing it up, but basically from when you can talk, You have to know, you have to say to the child, this person is around you, work with them, not against them. What would you do if it was you? You know, there's all these like weird techniques. And I definitely believe that that helps with weirdly being someone who is offering a service, which you are as an artist. You're giving people a part of your life. Although it's not the same as education. It's certainly a way of letting people in. Uh, You know, there's empathy attached to it. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between that. Um, But then, so when was the point when... Because I know that you studied classical performance when you were younger. um, Yeah. But then when you were very young, was music very prevalent almost in your life? Like how much of your family... Were into music or how much? Because I know you mentioned Iggy Pop earlier. So, how much yeah. of, of that discovery happened when you were very early, like very young?
2: My 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 parents are are very musical. So is my sister. Mm-hmm. I have one older sister. Oh, okay. Uh, and we had a piano at home, and none of them were very active. My mom sang in a choir, and but I was um, there was always 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 music playing and there's a lot of I was fascinated by all the by all the records, vinyl records. And my sister my sister was cassette taping like the the pop the pop radio, like the, the charts that were on every like Saturday because we had in Sweden by then we had we didn't really have commercial radio yet.
1: Yeah. But
2: it was, it was one you know, that I played. It sounds like I'm a hundred years old. I'm 36, but it, it just everything has happened so fast. Like that. Mm. But, uh so, and that's what also people don't really pick up that I actually have a. I I I love. I'm from you know from Sweden. I love good pop pop music. i um, you know I I do I cover a little ABBA now on stage and you know, Oh, cool! Amazing. Yeah, I, I used it. As, I, I used it. As, I used it as an intro and like. So I, I had that, and I uh, I recently covered the Robert Palmer song, John and Mary, because I was reminded of it was the Norwegian el- electro-artist uh Todd Terje had Brian Ferry sing. I'm um, doing a cover of that, and I was like, it just, like, it woke something in me. But anyway, I'm going to – I play in Sweden. We are really lucky we can take these to – Individual instrument classes,
1: okay,
3: in
2: school, okay. from from sec from from second grade, and we have to start with a recorder, you know, just to yes. weed some people people out to scare them off, like this is music, <laughs> because I can't have And then I started to play clarinet because my my um, my dad played clarinet when I was young, and I, I I'm still idolizing my dad, so mm. I'm gonna play the clarinet. Did that, played in band. Uh, like a big band, and then uh, and at the same time, it was also like my my parents. They they grew up going to uh, church now and then, but in Sweden, church churches really you know secular, so it's not it's what we do on like big holidays. And I couldn't I wouldn't say that they were very religious. In second grade, there was this um, kid who moved into town. And his name was Oscar, and he started in my class, and I really wanted to be friends with Oscar because I thought it was really cool. And then it turns out he was the he was the son of the new priest that moved into the church. And oh then, wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, and I was like, Oscar, what do you do? I'm like, what do do? he's like? I sing in the I'm gonna sing in the in the boys choir in church. I'm like, oh, cool. And I came, so I came home to my, you know, my. Not to say hippie, but just like, just, that's what we all are in Sweden. Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to start in the boys choir. And they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, it, but they've always been so supportive. Everything's like, of course. And then they had to go to church every Sunday because yes, they were in seeing... the boys choir for, for a couple of years. And I actually, actually, actually really, really liked it. And uh, even though I'm, you know, I can't say that I'm a very, uh, uh, Active Christian or religious, uh, but I really like like the the old churches we have in Sweden and that sound. And sometimes there was like a there was like a brass band playing, and I think that's, that's why I have uh, my friend C J, who's one of the best trumpet and the best trumpet players in the world. He plays on my records because like that sound never got out of my got out of my head,
1: out of your system. So did you? Yeah what was then the first show or the first concert that you ever saw back in Sweden? Do you feel like it would be maybe a choir performance or is there a band that came through that you, that your parents took you to, or you went with a bunch of mates that you really remember that stands out?
2: <laughs> well, it's just that, yeah, it's not the coolest, but and it's not, I mean, but it was, it was later in my, know, in my in my early teens, because then you know, I I you know I started to figure out that like that girls and stuff. Yeah,
3: <laughs> girls. G- 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 guitar- yeah.
2: guitars. Guitars <laughs> are cool. I started. I, I I switched from clarinet to to guitar, and I and then I worked for a summer, and I bought an electric guitar, and started playing all these. I was really into like punk music, like a lot of um Swedish um. Uh, <laughs> punk music, and uh, I was um, really into this. There was there was, a, there, was a, there was a big punk band in Sweden in the seventies that mm. I I never saw like late seventies early eighties, where the lead singer had kept on had kept on playing as a solo thing, and it went through like a like a new wave, like a dark new wave phase that was super cool. I thought too, and I saw. I think I saw a show with him when I was around fourteen.
1: Mm.
3: What uh, was what,
2: what
1: the name of the artist? Uh, well,
2: T H A with a ring. Uh, artist, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. S T R. Uh, I, I'm getting this wrong. So because a, so if, you can you can just do if you do it without the umlaut. Yes. T-H-A-S T-R-O-M.
1: It's T-R-O-M. How do you pronounce that?
2: T-t-t- Tostrum.
1: Tostrum. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: well, that's wonderful. So wait, so they, the, the, yeah.
2: The, the the A has a ring above it. And okay. The o has has two has two dots. Yes. It.
1: So when you saw that punk, how did you identify with that punk feeling? Because obviously you mentioned that in your first few bands. You were climbing the light light rigs without yeah, a top yeah. on. So going from a choir boy to that, what do you feel? How do you feel like that uh, spoke to your personality of obviously growing up and finding out why did you need to feel like? Because, again, we spoke about it at the beginning of the conversation of how physical your performances are. Um, where did you feel like you learned that from, or was it just part of the punk ethos inside of you? Because obviously, I would never call your music punk. Um, no, no, but the, no, you know, I mean, you could still have the feeling of that—the yeah. the, the the ethos of punk. You could still have that inside you.
2: Well, I think that it's definitely there, but that's just a little part of it because there was a lot of, for me, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of searching. And I had a very like my my parents let me do like dye my hair and I was I was skateboarding all the time and I was listening to all kinds of music and so I had that that uh, little phase and then you know David Bowie came into my life like for for real like it just like and I I think it was was that movie with Christian Bale uh, the velvet. Goldmine. Yes,
1: yeah.
3: Where Gold mine. like
2: loose, loose, <laughs> loosely based on the Siggy Stardust. Mm. You know, so I just, and I was just, and I, then I, all of a sudden I was playing in like a more glam-rocky band mm. and like we were wearing makeup on stage and so it was just a lot, and then around that same time uh, the library in my small town,
3: mm.
2: they started, you could, you could, you could borrow CD's you could borrow like 10 CDs at a time so I would just like randomly like now I still sound like a hundred so like now and we have the. I mean I
1: was born in the 80s too so really like you know I'm only like well I'm 34 this year so I think we're so we're both a hundred years old I'm I get you
2: It's it is, it is funny, talk like when you talk about technology. You just, you just, you uh, no, you see, you definitely I'm, seem
1: like eighty-five years old. No, I know it's it's ridiculous, yeah. but you can't but, help but but go through it because it's what we lived, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then, but and I, I'm actually I'm I'm happy with that, that system of, of find I, of finding music because then I just borrowed things I never heard. But like this album looks cool, and this maybe, it's, and I came home and I put one in. It's like ah, that's not that great. And like, it's (laughs) amazing. And like, like then, I mean, I, I'd I'd heard Jonah Mitchell before, but just Mm. like, and all of a sudden like, oh, there's more. Like I ran back for more Jonah Mitchell and then and old, old blues and all, all kinds of things. So it's just like, I, and then, you know, the, the, which is, I don't know, but I felt like it was, it's, so a little one shouldn't like have a, have nostalgic memories about it but the era of mp 3 vlogs oh my really god it's the best
1: me. moment the best yeah. napster oh. napster and downloading things and it would take like i mean i don't know how it was in sweden It was probably much more advanced than it was in south africa but it took my brother and i i've got an older brother and older sister it took us from Friday night to Monday morning to download uh, one song.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was the
1: best thing in the world because your entire – you could go, you could play, you could do your – you could read, you could play video games, and then you came back and the song was there on Monday morning, and then you could just listen to the same song <laughs> over and over. There, there was – a, there's definitely a, a beautiful – not uh novelty in in how slow things were but also really fast yeah. at the time i don't know how you felt but i felt like it was just moving so fast i couldn't keep up with you know which torrent site i can rip this one off which site i can steal yeah. that mp3 <laughs> it was
2: it was wild but also I could i could find stuff that actually has taken me now a while to to find again because there are all these like it specialized in like really weird uh American folk music, and like it's like so it's like crazy banjo music, and just like yeah, and it was just it was just I uh, i don't know i can i get i get excited talking about it i know like the, me discovery, too. <laughs> the, the the discover the discovery for so and then and then I just you know try to do something. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever, no, maybe parts of my career, I should say, where like I've had the, where you know, like, oh, it would would be great to be like really, be really successful and Mm -hmm. just like be loved by a lot of people. But I think what I really want, and I think this is true. I think this is not me being idealistic, but just like, I want to be that weird thing on that blog. Someone just like, not weird necessarily, like beautiful also, but just like that feeling of someone stumbling on to my music and just like, wow, I feel really good. Like mm. where did this come from?
1: Yeah, like something unusual that sparks your interest, just like how when we were younger we found and discovered the music without having a precursor yeah. of what it's about.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm a little allergic to the to a lot of things in... In, in music industry where it becomes this thing I I understand it I understand promotion to get it out there but this you know to be to, to be to be cool and to have like a new concept like whenever when someone mentioned when I play guitar and someone mentions concepts, I I, I drop, drop the guitar and like, it's just like all the, all the fun goes away. And Mm -hmm. also like, like, I don't know. I don't know. I've gotten enough, gotten enough bad reviews and I've, I've been hurt by them sometimes. And it's like that thing of like, this is, this is the greatest, and this is like. But I actually now I've, it's gone so far, so I, I feel that I have such support that I can go and do live shows, and I don't, I don't have to be the the, the biggest thing or the 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 coolest thing on online or mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. on a on a billboard because there's been so much about that. I feel last couple of years, but not now. How the 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 world is looking, you know, we we, we kind of need to make it, make it, you know, warmer and like really need to be like, creative to figure out how to, how to, how to, how to, how to keep this, how to keep this running. So then it's like, then I see no, no real use. in like trying to do, I don't know to to aim to to, 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 to diss on other bands or to just like I I'm better. That's just like it's just so. No, it's definitely
1: the here. competitive and the quantitative part of the industry is incredibly difficult to to ignore. Um, But there is exactly how you're saying is that not making it bigger than your art. I think that's where things, the lines get blurred when you're looking at those reviews and you're looking for that validation, which, to be honest, everything in our lives right now, as opposed to how different it was back then. Back then, it was all about discovery. Now, everything is about validation, instant liking. uh, You're monitored by how many followers you have. And your your authority is, you know, your you are as big as the crowd that loves you, which is so insane if you think about it. Because I always think, like, back in the day, I wonder how many followers, you know, Bowie would have had in the beginning um, when people didn't understand all those phases that he was going through. Um, And it is is exhausting and also a a very terrible precursor for mental health issues. And I definitely think that as an artist, especially... (laughs) You know, I feel like even on your first album, you were talking a lot about touring. Uh, you know, now you 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 obviously took a, you took time between Dark Bird is Home and uh, I Love You It's a Fever Dream. Now the one that just came out uh, when was it like a, a month ago, a little uh, over a yeah, little under a month not, ago. Um, not even. Yeah. And so much of your time is spent on the road, which I almost feel, and you know, a lot of a lot of the album I feel is at least in part inspired by feelings of life on, on tour. But I feel like almost you did yourself a service by traveling so much, because if you got stuck and stagnant in one spot, you would almost have to turn to that validation of, well, if I'm now not touring, what am I, you know? And, and to be loved, it's so much easier to tell your story in a live setting, right? Like, even just Definitely. you and I chatting now, I feel like I—I I feel like I am hearing you, and you are being so kind with everything. You know, you, you're being very open, which is exactly how my brain works. But if we were in front of each other, it would be that one step. You know, there's something about that tangibility of seeing something with your own eyes and being able to smell and touch and hear and feel that makes that art form real, right? Because We can listen to an album at home and it will still feel a lot. But when you see it live, there's that, like, it takes over your body. You know, you feel things viscerally. Um, So I almost feel like you did yourself, although it probably was very draining for you all these years, traveling and touring so much. I think you mentioned the word whack earlier. (laughs) Um, I feel like that, that was almost the best possible thing you could have ever done. Really, in order to find out who you are as an artist, you know, I don't know Definitely if that makes because, sense. Yeah.
2: No, and like I, it's true. I mean, I, and I should also like not like not just talk about like the, the the draining part of it because I mean it's been of
1: course, yeah.
2: It's been amazing, amazing years, and I, but I have I have so many friends from it, and I've I've, I've been to so many amazing amazing things. But yes, it is. And also definitely on dark bird, it's home. I was not where I am today like, making that because I was going through, I was going through a, a divorce and at one point in my career where there was like a lot of, I, I mean, I was not going to blame others because I had a lot of pressure on myself to, too, like, because it had been growing for selected like it's been like every 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 tour was a bigger bigger venue and like now this really this album really has to uh be successful i i really, I, yeah. I, I like that album. i don't i don't listen to it that much i actually don't listen to any of my albums I actually what well, i want to say i don't play that many of those songs live because I'm kind of done with those lyrics for a while. I, which but, I
1: understand. I mean, it's, it's also then that means that you have to revisit it every night. It's hard to separate yourself from where you were at the time of writing it as well, because then that means that you've got to think about where you. I, I mean, it's like torture. I don't know if I could go that, through that every night. Then
2: no, and it's a, the, some of those songs are too. Uh, I don't want to relive, but I, I did, I, I did that album, and I was just like. I put every instrument I could on there because I was just like, I need to suck a I need to, because that was the, I mean, that was a, it was a good feeling making it for sure, but uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I feel now, on this, not to, and also not to romanticize about that, but just like I, I am better at uh, getting closer to what I want to do, doing it, this way just like recording a lot of songs like the the vocals and the guitar at the same time and keeping all the flaws in there and because then unique moments happen because uh, god knows i started making this album the first uh, the first couple of days and just like all my all my new mindfulness just went (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I I stepped to the same trap again. Like, of oh course. My God, okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna okay. I'm, okay, this this song sounds great because it kind of sounds like that one. Yeah. whole like, and then it's like I caught myself like that's the way. Like, don't do that. Yes. And then just like okay, but, but I better record the guitar first so I can get the vocal just right. And then mm. I stand there like take number sixty-seven. Oh no. And just <laughs> like and just like not like no, that's not good. So just and then just like I, I got myself out of that and then got into this thing where I could, you know, record the same when I just played the song and it is harder to to mix or whatever. And but I did maybe two takes, um one the first take and then I could, you know I could do the little overdubs I wanted. I could like be there on my little modular synthesizer and I went home to Sweden for Christmas and I have a piano that I really love playing. So I put some stuff on there and then it's just I i sent it to a friend, Zach Hansen, who played drums in my band in 15 and 16, who is an amazing uh, recording engineer and uh, n- mixer and mastering engineer. Um, he didn't master it, but he mixed it because I'm just, I just sent it to him because I know he knows me so well. And then it came back and it was done. And like, this is how I should make
1: records. Yeah. Yeah. So now I love that you also said earlier about kind of disrupting the album cycle things of of the industry. So now that you've been performing these songs... And then the album came out, kind of in between the tour. How is that? How has that felt to be back on on tour now and performing this particular album? Because you did mention that it is it is the best part of you. You know, you've discovered yeah. that that you feel feeling really positive about everything. But especially if you look back at at your performances, I mean, you mentioned Bonneveyre. Earlier, you know, if you look back at all those other performances, who are you now on stage, especially in 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 consideration of this particular album?
2: Well, I'm like for this particular album. Since I, it felt like I just I just made it. Like it mm. was done in in, in uh, late February or something. I was working on so many songs for this album at at, at the same time, but a lot of them were written towards the end and the last the, the two last not the two last in the sequence but the two last i recorded were just like writ- written that day wow. finished that day so they, they they feel so extremely much more fresh to me than before like finishing an album waiting six months to for, for it to get out and then you're then you stand there on stage and trying to it felt now on this run that I was still in the feeling of when they came together, and same, uh, and keeping, and just like a, a natural thing that I had hadn't had time to to rehearse them as much.
3: Mm. And I
2: also had to do with I, I I I caught my hand in a in a door, and I had to have my <laughs> no, yeah. I, no, it was not it was it was it wasn't bad. I didn't break okay. it. I just like. I ripped up this wound on the on the outside knuckle of like the, the most important finger of So yeah. I had to have that. I had to have that just like straight so it could heal. So I couldn't really practice that much, which was probably pretty great because then <laughs> and I had that yeah. nerve. That that, that 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 fear of. I mean, that's. I mean, that's maybe what is based on fear of failing. Just like then your your senses get heightened and. It's just, it's just in there, even though I didn't, I mean, I, I, I play guitar all the time. So I do feel that I practice all the time, mm. but it was just, it was an amazing feeling to have that. And I had to kind of like ease some of them in that inspiration from, from having that, you know, being from having that other level of focus. Mm. I also got into to the other song, the old songs. And so I I definitely feel that I was better than I've ever been on on this tour.
1: And mentally, I hope too, because it's strange because just thinking about the album, I love particularly Hotel Bar, that song where you imagine yourself as a cheater. And it's kind of great to, it's a great way to showcase just how other and different a performer can be. You know, it's such a different life. I always think how often, I suppose, do you realize how surreal your life is? Like, does it seem normal when you're on stage? Or are you always aware of how privileged and incredible it is to be able to share your music on stage like that?
2: Well, I feel incredibly privileged. It is a luxury in my life that, you know, somehow I felt that I found a place where, you know, my weird little brain, mm-hmm. to you know, <laughs> get this outlet instead of trying to like you know, I don't know how well I would do in a in an office. You know, mm. It is a surreal life in that it's, it is some and it's something that's it's hard to to explain to people who don't tour because it's. it's I mean, I have uh, all my all of my relationships have, <laughs> have failed so far in my life. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. And I and I don't. I think it's wrong because we don't. It's not. Um. You just think that it's some kind of rock and roll lifestyle, but that is uh, that is not. <laughs> it's not. It's just. It's just. It's just been. For me, and I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to just like because I had all these years I was like romanticizing about being home mm. and then
3: mm.
2: coming home and putting too many. Uh, too much pressure on a relationship, and like this has to be good, and like why is this not good, and like if you, because you don't get to see your partner that often, and, and 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 sitting there out in 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 nowhere, and just like what is like what am I what am I doing here, like what I what, I, I think I I finally managed to get to, I mean I'm also. Not in a relationship, so it's uh, to try to learn how to enjoy where I am at the moment. Mm.
1: And also, yeah,
2: uh, because obviously
1: <laughs> big, you have to you have to be so conscious of of, of w- what you're wishing. But I also think, you know, there's a lot of people who are touring constantly and they have relationships because that's just the makeup of that partnership. It's just what they need. Certain people need different things. It's like a little puzzle. And when you meet that yeah. right person, I can guarantee you that whatever patience they need to have, if you're touring or perhaps any sacrificing that needs to happen, it will happen very naturally. Um, you know, after, after years of like, until I met my husband, he didn't understand, you know, we were doing long distance for so long because we met in different countries, but it it, it happens so naturally that you almost feel embarrassed that it it was all the other relationships were so hard, (laughs) you know, because touring, because it's funny because you also use the concept of being a ghost as part of that same theme on, on the record. And I always find I think in my head, I was just while I was listening to that, I was thinking, how do you like, do you feel separate and apart when you're meeting people? Like, do you even just not enter into relationships now because you know that it could potentially be um, difficult for you to to maintain it? Yeah, I
2: think that's a that's a reality. reality. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, but I'm. I guess I'm trying to, I am, that I've come to this point where I am, a lot of the time, I live day by day and mm. try to, to enjoy, you know, what is, what is around me. But, and yes, a lot of people, I mean, there's, who make it, who make it work, who make it work. And actually, like, like you said, it's probably, probably a really a good thing for a relationship because you get this, you know beautiful ebb and flow of uh intimacy and, and and getting to be an, an individual mm, absolutely
1: uh, no and watch it stretch yeah it's but it's it's yeah. all it's all dependent on where you are and and i certainly don't think that companionship has to have those rules but i definitely feel like uh, people don't talk often about the relationship side of touring and how to maintain those relationships and i know you do you you do through through your music but it's it's very different you know
2: but it's also also with friends and family and exactly reality of the the reality of not not sleeping that much. i mean f- physics are it's, it's it's very it's to me i feel like it's really interesting because even if we don't party like Chris and all the, 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 the 15 16 tour i didn't drink at all it's an, it's an easy fix to come down from the crazy adrenaline mm. but even like the just to, to stay on a tour bus for
3: and oh, like now, like, three,
2: we're 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 we six people on a four bus and get very many of us uh get very little quality sleep and you do it for weeks in a row and like my mom is worried she's like this is not good for you. No, like, like this no. Be like, yeah, no. And it actually, it, no, it isn't.
1: But but you've almost gamed the system now. Like you've you've you yeah. figured it out a way that to make it work for you for right now. And I'm sure that if we spoke in a year's time, you'll be like, or I I really don't think I don't think that worked. Or I think that worked perfectly. I'm going to carry on doing it. I think that that's the hardest part of it. Is that when you're going out touring to be as adaptable and flexible as possible. I think is is the best option but sometimes when you are stuck with a label or the wrong people around you it's difficult to dictate that you know but the fact that you've been able to find that balance now i think is really is really crucial going forward
2: oh definitely because yeah. the, like, i want to do i want i want to be able to do this for a long time and for some like tours i did in the in early, i toured like seven weeks in, wow and in, in the, around the state uh that is just that won't work forever because it's you have that lack of lack of sleep and that crazy kick of adrenaline and it's up it's up and down and it's just and that's and at the, at the same time that magic of adrenaline that kind of um uh, um you know staying just staying alive adrenaline mm-hmm. which means like i can't get sick on tours it happened very, very few times, but, it's, and you, but and you have that adrenaline that actually keeps you, keeps you not sick. And like, I wonder, like, where does that, where does that go? And like, I've been, I had a fever twice on tour, I think, wow. when, I, when, I had, when I had to do a show. But then you go on stage and you start to play and you are magically, <laughs> you're, healed. You're, you're magically, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're magically healed. And then you go off stage. And it kind of comes back. Yeah. Like Same 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 with aches and aches and pains. There's like, there is a, there is a drug in there that, you know, I, you know, I've got many, many people doing this would like to learn how to extract and bottle up and, you know, but I do I mean, you can't, I don't think that's something you should do for, there, there needs to be a some time without that kind of, uh, Survival load.
1: Yeah. So, and moving forward, obviously going, you, you've you got touring coming up, I'm sure. I don't actually have your dates in front of me, but yep. but you've got some, you've got a break next week, but you've got some touring coming up. What are you, what are you most, ex- not, I don't want to say excited because it sounds elementary, but what are you uh-huh. looking forward to in terms of, especially connected to this particular phase of of being this particular uh, this particular album uh, th- this collection of songs where you're at mentally what are you looking forward to the most sharing with with everybody
2: knowing like having done these shows now with where it's where it's a mix of the new songs and mm-hmm. and old songs and songs that i really want to play and also i've come to i used to i mean some, some popular songs of mine that I just like really I was kind of like ashamed for at least what? I wrote them so early. I feel, I feel like that so the the lyrics are so bad. Oh no, just really? <laughs> and like I didn't really know English that well, and just like yeah. Uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what songs No, I would are, hate I feel, for you. I would I,
1: never I, ask. But no.
2: But <laughs> but but I, but, but, I, but I but I but I feel that like I kind of I have to play them because like there, there are a lot of people who who like them and they've been waiting for me to come there. And I had these years where I was kind of like ashamed a little, like oh. But then when I actually started to play, then something kicked in, and Mm -hmm. it was still fun and enjoyable. But that like kind of shame pillow before the show, like oh, I have to do it again. But now something has happened because maybe that's not not the word that sounds obvious, but a lot of a lot of this record came from being playful
3: Mm -hmm. with
2: Mm -hmm. the, the whole concept of, of songwriting we are recording again and and having a lot of fun with it, even though there's are songs something then it kind of made me think about the old songs that that twenty four year old Christian wrote that I've been like ashamed like that he didn't know his English was weird, and like the choices <laughs> made with but now I'm just like but twenty four year old Christian had a lot of energy, you know, and he was he was kind of he was more I wouldn't say he was fearless because I've had fears my whole life, but he was more, he just did that. And that's kind of, that, that dude is kind of inspiring, you know? So then that now I just, now I can, now I can play all those songs. And that, so that put together, like there's a, there, there is an there is a new energy in the, in the whole set, which also involves me being uh, okay with, the things I'm not, or okay with, okay with failure or the, sh- the shortcomings I have. And can uh, I, yeah, and I, I then I just want to, I want to go to meet more people and do that together. You know?
1: Absolutely. But do you, because I know that you mentioned earlier about like people heckling and things like that, do you remember a time? You know, maybe it was 24-year-old Christian when somebody didn't understand what you were doing and how affected you were. Do you, did that ever happen?
2: No, I have to say that, like, when I say heckling, I, I think I've never experienced, like, really mean heckling Okay, good. Okay. But, but, no, okay. But, but, there's a, there's a, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of drunks Do you have yeah. to say. I mean, I'm Actually, sometimes I shouldn't say this, but, like, sometimes I'm, I appreciate them because they make banters easier <laughs> yeah. because I can, you know, I, I can, I can, I can, I can play on that. And it's, and it's great. But like the, some of them become annoying because it's just like they, they, uh, they disturb the show for other people are trying to hear. It. And then I can't, there's, there's a, there's a fine line in like taking, taking down a heck, like someone who's loud or drunk or a heckler because you can't be too Aggressive about it because then you have really passionate fans that love you that just kind of they counterattack. Mm, yeah. That is not good. Good. That's not good either. And it's like because then it just becomes a mess. You kind of have to face it. So no, I mean, no hecklers have <laughs> the 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 first. I mean, yeah, I, I I try to to not read reviews now, but. I I end up doing it once in a while anyway. But like, what's funny? The first the, I would I would say that the worst heckling is just when uh, people just use like a record, say a, a review, or just use a record to like write something funny or be funny themselves. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm gonna I'm still I mean I. Not look back, and if there's whether it's a word in English for it, you just hold a grudge. It's like it's not a good good thing. No resentment. Yeah, I had I had this grudge that I held on to for many years because there was this Swedish uh, music magazine mm-hmm. that reviewed. It was my first review of that, like my first review ever, and it got a two out of ten. Oh no! And it's just like Shit. making fun of me and be like sounding like a like a frat party, Bob <laughs> Dylan. Uh, with a pig or something. Oh my and god! Like, and I and I, was, I and I was like, okay, okay. So this the music thing didn't work then because this was this was like a a respected music writer. It's like, okay. And then everything started to happen after that. And I I started to tour over here and it become and then the same magazine for the Wild Hunt that gave me ten out of ten. Oh my- was like <laughs> Hey, hey! They're not that different. They're actually really, really similar. They're
1: very similar. So, yeah.
2: So, so I, for the absurdity of that, I have
1: a question. But I don't blame that's you. I, I feel well. like it's also, it's so, it's, it, sometimes it's so harsh. And obviously, you're not meant to be reading things and you're not meant to be listening to the audience's negative feedback, but you're human. And of course, you need to find out what, it's so interesting sometimes to find out what people think. I, do, I definitely don't think opinions are necessarily evil, but, you know, they're absolutely necessary. But I think that it's wonderful that you could turn around and look at that part of you and be like, yep, that, that happened. I, I may have sounded like a frat boy, Bob Dylan at the time, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's not who you sound like. Cause I always feel like it's so strange, especially with your, the narrative around your music. It's you've always been associated with Americana or folk music. And it, it's always yeah. been, it's always been that thing that I feel has kind of hovered over you where there yeah. is so much of your music that is completely uh genreless and there is no obviously there's certain instruments you play that are folk there's typical yeah. signs of folk and or americana but you are certainly not it, it it's it's never it's always been so baffling in my mind to read that because there's so much more you know, it, it's such a it's such a harsh way of like naming something. Like you are this, okay? Now say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. No, I and I don't so like like you said, I don't I don't I don't try to blame.
1: No, of course too not. Much,
2: too too much, too much because it has it has those elements and and like they were like downright like they were like fat in the beginning from said Bob Bob Dylan, which is like it was so but, but then all the stuff I got away with. 'Cause it was just, like from female artist from like I, I could hear like this is Cat Power. Like this yeah. little line uh, th- 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 how how I sing there, like how my voice like that's cat power and like that's Nina Simone. And it was just like, No, it's fine, because like I everyone's mean, like you're then you're just like where does it fit in with like the what's the with the with the, with the folk dudes mm-hmm. and then just like I've kind of gotten all the, the, the pop the Chord changes in there, and just like no one ever saw that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, this was like a feature article I could write. Tallest man on earth is now yeah. pop, <laughs> riding a horse, it, yeah. <laughs> pop. Yeah.